and welcome to Library Land Loves, a podcast from the Ontario Library Association. I'm your host, Michelle Arbuckle, and today I am speaking with Regan Capassi. Regan Capassi is a children's librarian at the Riverdale branch of the Toronto Public Library. As a new mom, Regan has largely swapped out physical books for the joyful multitasking bliss of audiobooks. I am with her on that. Though she is torn if audiobooks can really be considered reading, we are going to get into that, she knows they are better than endlessly scrolling Instagram. Agreed. She has served on OPLA's Reader's Advisory Committee since 2017 and greatly enjoys getting to use her adult librarian brain there, despite largely working in children and youth roles at TPL. She's also a children's book reviewer for the Canadian Review of Materials online magazine. Uh, Regan's toddler reaps all the benefits of her hard review work by getting free books, uh, which I love this part of your bio, which he <laughs> enjoys reading by himself in his crib. You pass them through to him in the morning. Come on. That's the cutest. Regan reads widely, though she is stuck with a never ending pile of parenting books on her nightside table. I just want to say right now, I'm giving you permission to throw out those parenting books because <laughs> I recently put all of mine in the little free library on our street and it was so freeing. Good Goodbye, happiest toddler on the block. <laughs> Body training. No more. No more. <laughs> she enjoys reading award winners and nonfiction most of all recently memoirs have been her jam she misses the gym oh please come back soon yeah I agree although I'm I'm getting I'm actually learning to live without it and enjoying that <laughs> um so okay so before we get into this I also just want to mention I feel like um I have done a lot of audiobook listening over this past uh year and a bit with the with the pandemic um, and I think that, yeah, it's helped me multitask as I get out for walks. It's helping me feel more connected to books because I find it difficult to sit down and read. I don't think I am alone in that feeling, which is probably why you are all listening today. So welcome, Reagan. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm so glad we get to talk about this because I love audiobooks and I was looking at the ones on your list and some like some of these are some of my favorites. So I'm really glad that you also like them. Excellent. But first, let's get to this idea about audiobooks not really qualifying as reading because I am very curious about you feeling conflicted about that. Yeah, I just like an audiobook is obviously it's a book in audio form it should be considered reading but when you're not using your eyeballs and like mm -hmm. reading words on a page it just it feels so different somehow mm -hmm. I can I think it's reading mm -hmm. personally I'm mm -hmm. gonna advocate fist in the air audiobooks are reading <laughs> but like my husband chirps me all the time he's like it's not really reading like you're just listening I'm like yeah you. but it's just coming to life in a different way I think you know, yeah, I really don't like these judgments of people being oh, graphic novels aren't reading, the children yeah. shouldn't be reading. I feel like all of these arguments are in the same and there's a level of snobbishness there. And yes. yeah, I think if we if we condense down, you know, what we get from reading, I think you can say that you get those same things from an audiobook, like the narrative, the the emotion, I think it's all there. Yeah, you walk away with a story in your head, be it through your ears or through your eyes, I think. I want to chat quickly about the work that you do with the Reader's Advisory Committee, because I know that group is organizing an upcoming virtual conference focusing on Reader's Advisory. It's called the RA in a Day Conference. So why don't you tell us about some of the highlights of that program this year? Because it's a really good one. Yeah, so this is the first year we're actually doing it virtually. Obviously, with COVID, we're not mm -hmm. going to have a big 
conference, in-person conference this year. And it's really interesting because I think we get to do a lot more different things than in past years. Not that the tried and true sort of RA in a day annual event isn't wonderful. And I know a lot of people look forward to it, myself mm -hmm. included, but I think Absolutely. the virtual sort of format gives us a lot of opportunities to connect with people who are, you know, further in distance and touch on things where we can have really expert speakers. Like we have Becky Spratford coming. Mm -hmm. um, she's doing this really great talk about actively anti-racist library service for leisure readers. And I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, we have sort of this like bibliotherapy angle for some of it. Mm -hmm. I know we've done social media in the past, but I think obviously with a lot of libraries doing online services, that's another thing that we're going to be talking about this year, Absolutely. just sort of like improving your social engagement. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have this uh, part of the part of the day that I'm working on is to have this panel that's talking about diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And the idea that, you know, diverse titles in the library don't need to be highlighted just in June for Pride right. Month or just for Black History Month. This mm -hmm. is something that we should just be incorporating in all of our programs, all of our conversations with customers. I think it's really important and we've got a really great lineup for that one where we have a couple frontline TPL staff people who are going to be talking about it mm -hmm. as well as folks from the Glad Day bookshop which is such a great like Toronto bookshop if you haven't gone please please yeah, go totally. um, as well as the Good Minds people and I think it's just going to be such a wicked day we've got mm -hmm. like the nice little breaks of chair yoga and you know <laughs> these opportunities to have a live chat with the fellow attendees um, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's going to be great. Lastly, we're finishing off with Debbie Reese, who's going to talk about Indigenous representation and mm -hmm. critical analysis and literature. And I'm just so looking forward to how this day is going to turn out. We're all getting really excited for it. All right. So let's talk about your list. So I'm excited when we talked about what you were going to talk about today. Um, you brought up audiobooks um, and really the list you sent me, it's just your favorite audiobooks. Okay. It's such a great list. And you've separated them out into categories. Like it's it's almost like an Academy Awards situation going on here. <laughs> the categories are incredible. Um, the, the Academy needs to learn from you. And I think, um, yeah, I really like them. So, I mean, how do these categories come to you? It's just like you, you just, you know what you're looking for in an audiobook. Yeah, I think, I mean, as you mentioned, Academy Awards, I'm, my husband and I are huge cinephiles. We absolutely love movies. We so look forward to like the awards and that kind of thing. And I yeah. love just as a librarian, you like organizing things into like categories. <laughs> true, like it true, just yeah. feels good. So like you, obviously you want to make it fun and it's not, I started with a list of like fiction, nonfiction, memoirs. And I was like, this is boring. No one's going to want to listen to this. Like, let's right. jazz it up a little. Yeah. And so the first one that I want to talk about is all about like performance when the mm -hmm. performance of the audiobook, which is something that I know it, it feels kind of weird to say a lot of people will say like read by or, you know, mm -hmm. but this is like, it's a performance. And it really is. It's a long, long performance. Like buckle up. You're going to be in it for a of. long ride. Like, and I, I want to know more about how these people, like some of the people on your list here, were, well, this category in particular are trained actors, yeah. but a lot of the people narrating these books, they, they just do this, like they do voice work or, but the work that goes into, I'm, 
I want someone to write a book on that or do yeah. a podcast on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you get into this and make voices for the characters in some cases, or, you know, you, you know, it's happening over several days. So how are they coming? Like my voice changes, you know, <laughs> it's 10 AM now at 4 PM, it'll be different. Um, yeah. The whole thing is just fascinating to me. I want, I want someone to do a deep dive on the performance aspect. Absolutely. And it's funny because I didn't really appreciate it until I listened to um, recently I listened to Andre Asaman's Find Me and it's performed by Michael Stuhlbarg. And at the end, they talk about that the audiobook was directed by someone. And I was like, oh, it's not just someone like sitting at their computer, like <laughs> talking into the mic. Like, no, this is thoughtful work yeah, that like yeah. people are involved in doing and getting paid for. Yeah. It's a real profession. We it's, need to respect It's that. a real profession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So what are your first uh, books in this category? Yeah. So this category, I called it music to my ears, where like mm. the performance is just so, so top notch. And the first book that I want to talk about is The Dutch House. And it's by Anne Patchett. And it's sure performed by Tom Hanks. Yeah. Like I, I literally feel like I don't need to say anything else mm -hmm. other than Tom Hanks. Yeah. And everyone is going to go ahead and place a hold on that item. I mean, it is a warm hug of a book <laughs> it's combined with a warm hug of a voice. How can you go wrong? It's the best. He's got this like rolling narration style that I haven't heard in a lot of other audiobooks. There's this one part which like I just wanted to play for everyone where he's just introducing the next chapter. So like normally a person would say, you know, chapter 21 and like yeah. go into it. But Tom being Tom, he's like, and chapter 21. And like, you're like, okay, let's go. Like, I'm into this. Chapter 13. Chapter 14. Chapter 15. Part three. Chapter 16. Chapter 17. <laughs> and it's just a chapter title. It's not even the story or the dialogue. I love it's it. So great. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's one of these stories. It's like a family saga. It's over five decades. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it feels really epic. It's an epic story. Um, and the, the plot of it is relatively simple. It's about this Dutch house, which is like this really lavish estate uh, just outside Philadelphia. And the main character, Cyril, buys it for his wife. And it's meant to be a surprise, but like it quickly sort of sets in motion this undoing of all of the people mm -hmm. that he loves in his life. Mm -hmm. um, and so the story is largely told by Danny. So you can picture Tom Hanks as Danny. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really this like sibling love story that I haven't seen in a really long time. And this idea of like devotion and just mm -hmm. going through it with someone else in your life, like family is forever. Um, it really, I really like it because it's non-linear. It like jumps back and forth yeah. in time, but the characters of Danny and Maeve, who are brother and sister, really like ground you in the yeah. story. Yeah. And it's one of these like just punch you in the heart. Absolutely. You're gonna think about it for a really long Maeve time. Maeve will be one of my favorite female characters of all time. Like yeah, I, I love that character so much. She's yeah. so great. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. Very, very vivid characters in that one. Very. I love that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. Great. All right. And what else is in this category? So the other one in this category is uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who mm. I don't know if you've heard of this like really small Broadway play. Not a lot of mm. people are talking about it. It's called niche. Hamilton. Mm. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. It. I'll look yeah, it up. yeah. Might need to Google that one. <laughs> um, but Lin-Manuel Miranda 
is absolutely fantastic. And obviously I'm a huge fan of Hamilton. So for those of you who are, you're absolutely gonna gobble this up. And for those of you who are not, I think it's, it's a really beautiful, concise, upbeat kind of book that's just delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda really inspired people on Twitter. He's got these like cool, concise greetings yeah. to start and end your day. The book is called Good Morning, Good Night, Little Pep Talks for You and Me. And it's by Lin-Manuel Miranda, but it's also illustrated by Jomni Sum. So it's mm. one of these interesting situations where I was listening to the audiobook and had the book in front of me at the same time because mm-hmm. I didn't want to miss the illustrations of it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a quick read. It's written in a really conversational tone and it's uplifting in a way that's not cheesy. You're not like, this is not, you're not going to find this in the self-help section of a bookstore where you like embarrassedly buy it. Yeah. You, you're going to be proud to carry this to the cash register. Wow. I will take this, please. Good to know. Good to, I had no idea about this book, Um, but I feel like, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Tom Hanks are, you know, they have the same family of voice. Yeah. They come from that same kind of just good feeling voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's really upbeat. He's got, it's sort of like, it's personal advice that he's giving to you, but also advice that he wants to take himself. And it reminded, the book itself reminded me a lot of like Ruby Kaur, where there's these like really beautiful Mm. illustrations and it's, it's just like bite-sized little things to start and end your day. Good morning. I'm tired. I bet you're tired. But we're awake and alive, and that's enough. Come on. Come on. Good night. I'm tired. I bet you're tired. But we're awake and alive, and that's enough. Come on. Come on. It's my virtual hug to you. Okay. (laughs) All right. What's our next category? Uh, so the next category that I have is a perfect more marriage of storytelling and performance. So these are fiction books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go a little dark here okay. on the start. And we're going to talk about The Push by Ashley O'Drain. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Sounds right. Okay. We're going to go. I know a it. lot of people are talking about this book though. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's circulating so widely in, uh, in my library for sure. Um, but it's performed by Marin Ireland, mm-hmm. who is one of these people where after I listened to this book, I like filtered her as a search mm. engine, everything she's ever performed, wow. I want to read. Wow. That's something. Yeah. Um, so this book is absolutely dre- devastating. I'm going to give a trigger warning. Right. Up well, and as front. a mother of a toddler. It's particular. It's yeah. it's brutal, yeah. But yeah. it's this it's this really tense like psychological drama about the making and breaking of a family, um, and this woman's experience of motherhood is just so. It reminded me a lot of uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, where it's yeah. like this un something that's not talked about really, mm-hmm. but you have these great ideas about what motherhood is going to be, and sometimes it just doesn't pan out that way. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's got these really like short, punchy chapters, uh, which I really like, especially in audiobook form. I think mm-hmm. it makes it really digestible if you're doing, if you're multitasking or, you know, sometimes you got to pick it up and put it down and mm-hmm. do something else. Um, but it's, it, Blythe is the main character. She's the mother and Violet are some like Maeve in the Dutch house are, are characters that will stay with you for a long time okay. in like 
a really creepy, disturbing, but like also I, I can like understand that there are people like that in the world. Yeah. Um, Ashley's a local author. She's a Toronto author, which I love. Uh, not that it's necessarily set in Toronto, but I just love having mm-hmm. people of the community. Me too. Um, I was really like emotionally tired after reading this book, but it was also very satisfying. Wow. Like very, very satisfying. As I say, the the performance, Marin Ireland, just does such a good job. And it's interesting because I had listened to other books that she's done and they're, they're different. Like they're different in really interesting ways where the mm-hmm. other book that I will be recommending later is like this really quirky, funny, upbeat kind of story. And this is like really dark hmm. family drama. And like, she does it really well. And she's not necessarily like throwing her voice or doing different like dialogues for different characters, but just like her pacing is perfect. The way right. she describes things is just, it's very, uh, very complex. Okay. Marin Ireland fan club started. That's it. <laughs> I, want, it. I want to follow her on social media. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next one? Uh, so the next one in this category, the idea of like storytelling meets performance in a really great way. I talked mm-hmm. about it before a little bit is um, Find Me by Andre Asaman. And this is the sequel. I'm going to like, you know, air quotes sequel. I don't mm-hmm. really think it's a sequel, but it's a sequel to Call Me By Your Name. And oh, okay. Yeah. For those of you who've watched Call Me By Your Name, which is an Academy Award winning movie, mm-hmm. um, the father in it is played by Michael Stuhlbarg, the actor. <gasps> and Michael Stuhlbarg narrates this book. And it's interesting because a lot of the book has to do with uh, Samuel, who is the father character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, it, it's perfect casting. Like, mm-hmm you know, Tom Hanks as yeah. Fred Rogers. It's just, it's perfect. Casting. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really interesting. I know a lot of people were sort of disappointed because you want to hear what happens with Elio and Oliver, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the point of this book. Right. But it, it's the idea that you're, he's complicating characters that you've already grown to love. And right. I think Stuhlbarg's narration is, it's really smart. Like the, mm the language that's used, the dialogue, that's a large part of the story is the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And he just does such a great job with it. And you're just excited to mm-hmm. revisit this world. That's great. Now, I just wanna say before we go on to our next category that I wanna add my own in here. Please. And the the one that I always recommend when about, that I think is better in an audiobook than in written form because of the performance is Daisy Jones and the Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Have you heard okay. of that? I haven't, no. Oh my god. So it has a cast. Okay. Yeah. And um it's it's kind of like um a story that's based on a, a fake Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um so like a girl who's the lead singer of a band and falls in love with someone else in the band and like but you know, there's music in it and it's almost got kind of um, almost famous vibes to it. Okay, yeah. But the interactions between the cast, the voices, like I think Jennifer Beals is one of the voices in the book. And um, yeah, they're just, look it up, Daisy Jones and the Six. It's such an incredible performance and it's coming out apparently, um, it's gonna be a HBO miniseries in the next year or something. So people are gonna be talking about it, but it's such such a great performance. I love it. Love it, love it. All right, I love this Uh, next category. (laughs) This next category is hilarious. And I realized that 
both of the books I'm I'm recommending are kind of like female focused books but I think it's one of these things where like everyone can just enjoy these delightful human beings I think it's just an opportunity to say that men aren't funny and so that's why it's only female (laughs) narrators and authors in this section about humorous books So this is one of the situations where like you're listening to the audiobook, God forbid, in a public place and you like laugh out loud. Yes. You just look like a real doofus. Yes. But it's so genuine that it's just <laughs> hilarious. So this category is called Be Careful, You Will Laugh Out Loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first book I'm going to talk about is Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby, delightfully por- performed by Samantha Irby herself. Okay. And she's just got such an interesting uh, narration style where you can tell it's this like wicked confident human being who like is talking about being like an anxious blob of a person, but like Mm -hmm. she knows herself Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's very easy to listen to. It's 10 hours of hilarity, just like a top-notch delivery. The Mm -hmm. the structure of the book is really interesting because it's sort of broken down into these different essays and each essay has a different structure, but it's this really like dark, funny collection of essays about getting uncomfortably older Mm. um, and like finding lady love, dealing with stepkids and like becoming a parent suddenly. And um, it's pretty vulgar. Trigger, like trigger warning it's pretty vulgar but it's <laughs> like it's vulgar in a way that's just like she's just talking about herself and mm-hmm. being an overweight sweaty midwesterner with gi problems <laughs> like you gotta just enjoy what she's bringing to the table she the idea of like own stories is really big right now mm-hmm. and like this gives a new meaning to own stories i think i love it yeah she has such a funny voice and uh, not like her her writing voice um her stories are just so funny and poignant and yeah like like she's punching a laugh out of you you cannot (laughs) help but laugh gut laugh yeah Yeah. there's this one chapter called hello 911 which like I literally sent audio clips of it to my girlfriends and like completely out of context just like here's a quick audio clip and like everyone was bursting at laughing hello 911 I've been lying awake for an hour each night reliving a two-second awkward experience I had in front of a casual acquaintance three years ago for eight months (laughs) this is the what I call the quarantine tonic Mm. if you just need a chuckle yeah I mean in a way some of these are like especially these types of books it's it's giving you a sense memory of what it's like to hang out with your girlfriends yes. or your friends yes. because you miss that. And there's only so much we can handle the zoom cocktails, yeah. you know? I and, love them. and yeah. So I love these kinds of things where you like, you get off or you get up, you, you turn off the, the chapter or whatever. And you just have this breath, like, Oh, I just had a really great chat with a friend. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Drink a glass of wine as you're yeah. listening to it. Just yeah. enjoy. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right. What's the other one? The other one in this category is How to Be a Woman by mm-hmm. Catelyn Moran. Um, a gem it's an older of a human. One. Yeah. Yeah. It's an older one. It's from 2012, but I only recently discovered it. I honestly, I don't know how I came across it, but I was just so glad that I did. Yeah. She, like her accent really does something with the performance that I agree. It's just like, 
I mean, you can talk, you can talk about the same things in like Canadian English and they wouldn't be nearly as funny as when mm -hmm. you're saying like, you know, Lou and all these other things. Lines are your weapons against idiots. Lines are your keep away from the wise, intolerant woman sign. When I get old, 59, I reckon 59 is old. I personally intend to bomb around town with white hair fully two feet wide, looking like one of the wild women of Wonga, shouting about how I can feel my cells dying and ordering doubles to help me forget it. I'm not going to spend £50,000 on dyeing my hair, pumping up my tits, resurfacing my face, and pretending that I'm a dewy virgin shepherdess off to seek my first tumble at the bridal fair. Because there is an unspoken announcement commensurate with that look. Women who've had the needle or the knife look like they're saying... My friends are not my friends. My men are unreliable and faint-hearted. My lifetime's work counts for nothing. I am 59 and empty-handed. Yeah, so it's not just like a, it's a memoir. It's like observations of her life. But she, mm -hmm. it's a very like feminist piece, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like she's really talking about the differences in gender. And I like, I mean, I, I don't always rely on a gendered argument. But I think especially since becoming a parent, you really see differences in Absolutely. boys and girls and women yep. and men. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's like, it's genuine observation from her mm -hmm. point of view. So like, you can't be mad at it. Just sit down and enjoy it. That's right. Yeah. All right. Cast chemistry is your next one. Cast chemistry. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump here and I'm going to say the greatest love story ever told in oral history by Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman. It's yeah. Hilarious. I cannot believe what they're saying is written on the page. I honestly did not. When I started listening to this book, I was, this is one of those, exactly what I was just saying, where you, I'm thinking, oh, the authors are totally giving us the inside scoop on how yeah. this book was written. And this is not what's in the book. And then I had to go and find it on the shelf and look at the chapter I had just listened to. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it's, it's written kind of like a script. Yeah. Okay. Because this is the thing about audiobooks is I will often just listen to them. I'll right. never pick up the physical yeah. book. And this is one of these situations where I'm like, it feels like Megan and Nick are sitting on the couch, drinking a beer, just talking about their life. Absolutely. It's so funny. I'm I like, will just say, want to listen to that? The, I mean, two of the funniest people. Also worth picking up the print book because of the photos. Okay, yeah. One of those where, you know, I think often with nonfiction books or, you know, memoirs like this, um, you, you miss out on like the, the childhood shots. But the funniest <laughs> bit is I think it's the last chapter they talk about becoming obsessed with puzzling. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. And they include photos of these, <laughs> these massive puzzles that they've been working on in their house. I just love the idea of Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally sitting around puzzling all week. It's, <laughs> it's just great. I love it. Oh, it's cold. It's yeah, such yeah. cold. And there's pictures in the book of all the puzzles. I think on their Instagram, they have them there as well. But okay. this is such a great story. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's very cute. It's like, a, it's a love story for the modern ages. Two people who are just like excellent actors and mm -hmm. whether or not, I mean, I passively watched Will and Grace. I really, mm -hmm. really loved Nick Offerman's movie Heartbeats Loud. Oh. He was so great in it. And, but I hadn't, like, I'm not a big comedy person, so I didn't watch like Parks and Rec or anything okay, like yeah. that like new of them, but like mm -hmm. the way they just talk to each other and like, it's just, it's beautiful. I have said to my husband, 
no one will love me like Nick Offerman loves <laughs> Megan Mullally. <laughs> it is true. I don't know anyone that loves anyone as much as this man loves his wife. The way he talks about her is wild. Yeah. yeah. It's so great. Like it warms my heart. Yeah. It's but the also, kind of romance wow. you want to listen yes. to. Not like cheesy Harlequin. Not to, you know, speak badly. As it's about Harlequin as romance. That's right. As yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great story. And if you like comedy and you like these two, well worth the listen oh totally yeah totally all right the other one in this category is actually something um that i read first in book form i'm a big uh i love the man booker prize winner and it won Mm -hmm. the man booker so it's lincoln in the bardo by george saunders and it's got a huge cast that does the performance of it so i read this book and was really really moved by it um, the idea of an American president grieving over his dead son. And mm-hmm. it's got this like dark and spiritual side to it as well, where like you have these casts of ghosts who are in the Bardo, this like in-between world between living and dead. And it's it's such a beautiful story that when it was recommended to me in audiobook form, I had like just finished reading the book and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go back there again. Like I'll listen mm-hmm. to this exact same story again. <laughs> and it's just, it's beautiful. And it's, I think the audiobook in particular does a good job of having this really like complex cast of characters makes more sense in audiobook form when it's mm. performed by different people. It helps to like keep the characters and who they are and who they belong to squarely in their own category. And I, I just think that that's the first time I've heard like a cast recording that I was really interested right. in. That's great. Yeah, I've never heard of this book before. So I'm going to have to mm. look it up. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's One great. of my actually probably top five books of all time. Wow. Okay. I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah. That's a ringing endorsement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's our next category? So the next category uh, with all of these Zoom meetings and everything that we're doing, this is People Worth E meeting. Mm. So these are all memoirs. And I sort of broke it down into three different categories. So the first one is just the wonderful Fred Rogers, because mm. I think everyone is feeling a little blue these days. And <laughs> who doesn't want to listen to the story of Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' mm. Neighborhood? Um, it's written by Maxwell King and it's performed by LeVar Burton, mm. who is the reading rainbow god. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, it's a wholesome person telling you a story about an even more kind and wholesome person. Like, mm-hmm. it's such an easy recommendation. Mm-hmm. I really do think it like kind of sells itself. Uh, yeah. Um, it sounds great. Again, a warm hug of a book. A hug of a book. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's just a hug. A yeah. Nice warm hug. Um, it, it actually made me really nostalgic. I, I don't know about you, but I loved Mr. Rogers neighborhood as a kid. When mm-hmm. I, I would go over to my aunt's house, we would always watch it. Yeah. Um, but this book really, it's really like in depth and it tells you a lot about him as a person and his sort of like intellectual spiritual side and his, uh, like, I really appreciated his like gifts in terms of his musical talents and his like just sheer devotion to children and child development and the importance of that in this like new emerging genre of television. Mm-hmm. I think he did a really interesting thing from a person who you expect probably doesn't have a TV in their home. He right. like became this TV icon that everyone knows and loves. And I sing that song to my kid basically every day. And he loves it. <laughs> so <laughs> I won't sing it now because 
Lord knows only a toddler would like to listen to my voice. Yeah, we, we can't pay the rights for that. So thank you. <laughs> um, do is, does this book have a connection to the movie? It doesn't this one uh, in particular, but I, I was thinking about it because we were talking about Tom Hanks earlier and obviously mm-hmm. Tom Hanks plays Fred Rogers in, in the movie version. So there is like a movie uh, version of a book um, called the good neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little bit different than this okay. one by Maxwell King, but okay. Yeah. That's great. All right. So that's a warm hug of a book. The next one I'm going to say is like a knife stab of book. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that fair to say? Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. The next one is kitchen confidential oh, adventures so in the culinary underbelly. And it's by Anthony Bourdain and mm-hmm. read by Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. It's this like really gritty, um, memoir and it's like it's full of great tips as far as I'm concerned about like food preparation dining out not that we can really do that these days but it's just like this like no prisoners philosophy of like this is his view of the world and Mm -hmm. like buckle in you're going for a ride (laughs) yeah um yeah and I just I think it's great it's it's very like vivid yeah. It's obviously a little bit vulgar because we all know Anthony Bourdain's a little bit of yeah. a vulgar human. I mean, it's of its time, right? Yeah. Like, I think he yeah. doesn't get into some of the issues that he would have, uh, if, if he were still alive, that, that he would get into today. Um, but the stories, the adventures that he has. Yeah. Is this the book where he talks about um, the dish he eats? I think it's in France where he eats the bird under the napkin. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is such a devastating story. Yeah, well, just like, I don't know, everything about what he's talking about is a little bit devastating, but I think it's, unless you've worked in a bar or a restaurant, Mm -hmm. this is a world that you don't really appreciate. And I mean, a lot of us, I think, experience it peripherally by being, you know, customers at a a restaurant or a bar. But like, unless I luckily have been able to work in a bar and a restaurant, because I I do genuinely think it it makes you a more interesting human being because mm-hmm. your ability to serve the public is a really important part of librarianship and mm-hmm. being able to talk to anyone in a bar setting is also a really important part of that mm-hmm. job as well that I just think it's he does such a he does such a great job of yeah. it and making it accessible to people where you wouldn't otherwise know that these Absolutely. things exist yeah yeah he definitely exposes parts that you know I didn't see in my restaurant life in the suburbs of Niagara um but at the, the local Kelsey's yeah, yeah. Prudhomme's Landing wasn't going through a large cocaine problem in the 90s but um but I think it also gives you an appreciation for for a lot of the work that's going on you know in these kitchens that aren't necessarily anywhere near being Michelin rated um but have have a have an art to them yeah yeah, yeah, for absolutely. sure. And ditto your next book. I just finished this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you read it or did you listen to it? No, I listened to it because I love listening to this man. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. So yeah. this is Eat a Peach and it's by David Chang and it's performed by De- David Chang. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with David Chang on um, Mind of a Chef, mm-hmm. the PBS series. And then he's done these really great Netflix series, Ugly Delicious. and. Mm-hmm he's a very interesting character mm-hmm. where he's very, uh, he, he advocates a lot for, 
the Asian community. Mm-hmm. And he does it in a way that's, that's really interesting. And it, it creeps up in the book for sure, but it's just his, his memoir. And he, he talks in the introduction about being uncomfortable writing a memoir. He wanted mm-hmm. it to be a cookbook, but his publishers were like, no, it's gotta be a memoir, dude. Like <laughs> write down your story. <laughs> and he's very open and honest mm-hmm. in it. And a lot of his struggles with mental health issues and that you, you wouldn't have known just seeing him on television. So yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice accompaniment, I think, to the Anthony Bourdain story. All right. What's our next category? The next category is is similar. So people worth e-meeting, but it's the American royalty that is the Obamas. So I think Becoming by Michelle Obama is a book that I have seen every single person at the library check out at least once, sometimes more than once. (laughs) It's like, it's so wickedly popular. And it's one of these books that does not disappoint. Mm -hmm. I know there are books that have huge hype and you read them or you listen to them and you're like, yeah, it was good. Like trails off, but this is fantastic. And she is so inspiring and so authentic and just a person that you wish was in your friend group. Mm -hmm. And the way that she, she performs the book is so beautiful. And she's got that inflection in places you want her to have inflection. She gets like choked up and emotional when she's talking about Barack and her kids and, you know, the changes in their lives. And it's, it's very, very insightful. Mm -hmm. And I wish I was as self-aware as she is. Absolutely. I, I thought when I was done this, how how different would things have been if I read this 15 years ago? Yeah. Like she, it really is. And I yeah. know, you know, she just came out with that version, like a YA version. Yeah. Of Becoming. yeah. Um, but her life advice is fascinating. The way her mother raised her. I'm just, I, yeah, I'm fascinated by the story. This is one of those ones that um, I flipped between listening and reading. So okay. as I, I had the book, um, I got the audiobook, checked it out. And um, so I would listen when I could, and then I would move over because I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Um, and I would read through. So I got the best of both worlds because it also, again, photos, photos great photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what a great, she's such a great writer. This was my yeah. first time. I don't, is this her first book? I think it's her first book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was my first time reading her. I only, you know, known her through her speaking engagements, but Yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. Well done. I love this yeah. book so much. Yeah. I would listen again. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's one of these situations where I got the book through the library, the physical book through the library. And I was like, this thing is a beast. It's <laughs> hardcover. It's huge. And like, also I want to listen to what she has to say about herself. So mm-hmm. in addition to being more lightweight, the audiobook also, I think adds a bit to the storytelling because it is her performing the story for you so you get a a bit of a different feel to it I agree yeah now I have not read anything by her husband really yeah he's got a few books I have I've listened to them all as a matter of fact um I recently just finished A Promised Land which was fantastic yeah um they're both just such excellent writers yeah where not that you don't expect someone as smart as the president and the first lady to be a good writer, but the fact that they can have this like general appeal for the public audience should be a given because they are elected political officials. But I just think he's willing to be really honest and intimate about his upbringing and his life and his family 
in a way that you don't, or you certainly haven't experienced with other presidents, unless right. you've done like a deep dive in biographies or research about them. Mm -hmm. um, so I would actually probably, of the three books that he has written, I would probably recommend Dreams of My Father the mm -hmm. most, um, because it does give that really intimate personal portrayal of him and his upbringing. And he's had such an, an unusual life mm -hmm. and it's just fascinating and something that I think everyone should be a little bit more aware of. Yeah, I will say, I did think it was fascinating when Michelle reflects on what it's like to be around him when he's writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, he goes into this kind of self-imposed you know reclusive state like it goes away rents a house or I think does he go to Hawaii yeah the yeah and I think so I was just like oh, can I write a book <laughs> can I justify that just to get that um, but yeah listening to her talk about that process was really it's I think that's an interesting perspective to have if you're going to read both of them yeah yeah for sure yeah, that's great again another example of no one will love me like Barack loves me <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle back. loves Brock. Yeah, and vice yeah. versa. Both ways. Agreed. Agreed. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's couple goals for sure. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much for this list. This has been really great. And I think if anyone is uh new, hasn't tried out audiobooks yet, or is thinking about it, the the recommendations on this list are a fantastic place to start. And there's something here for everyone. Um and I think personally, you know, I do the combination going between audiobooks and print books, which I wish there was an easier way to do. I wish publishers could package them in a way that we could do that. <laughs> um, but uh, I really like doing that. And I also just find right now as we're not really commuting, but trying to get out of our houses and walk mm -hmm. around, it's just a great way to kind of zone out and uh, but still stay connected to books and, and reading when we don't have the, maybe the capacity at the end of the night to pick up that book on the nightstand. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for this list. This was great. Thanks for chatting okay. with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That is all the time we have for this chapter today. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you have something that you love, that you'd like to bring to the Library Land Loves table, then please reach out to me. We'd also love to hear if you have any suggestions on your favorite audiobooks. We're going to put this up on social media, so feel free in the comments to let us know what you think should have been on the list and what Regan is a fool to have left out. <laughs> uh, my contact info is here in the show notes if you want to reach out and chat. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and let a friend know about us so that we can all share in what Library Land Loves. Bye-bye.